All right, picks coming up. We'll go 7-2 on the season. We'll get to those. We'll go around the league. Uh, Minnesota uh, is the scene this week for a uh, an interesting game between the Vikings and the Lions. Big game uh, as uh, both teams are 2-1 now. Remember, uh, Bradford's still out. As Dr. O'Brien told you, and he'll be back with us next uh, Friday, as always, with his injury stuff. Just that we had an abbreviated show today. Um, he told you Bradford's injury was a problem because of the fact he explained the whole thing to you last week and told you that when that bones bruise like that, it's very hard to fix. Now Bradford's out again. Now Keenum, uh, Case Keenum played okay last week. You know they're running a ball great with Cook. It's an interesting game. Lions could be three and zero. They had the play call back last week. And, uh, it was legit. I mean he didn't score, so I mean it was legit. It was very fortunate for the Falcons. But that's a there's a lot of good games this week, and that's a very one, interesting one as the Lions and the Vikings will meet. Uh, so uh, Schrager's in Minnesota for the Vikings and the Lions and for Case Keenum and everything else, and he joins us now. What's going on? Hey, Mike. How are you? Yeah, good. you mentioned it. Now, what are they and saying about week? Bradford? Well, Doc's the best. He knows more about it than anybody, and he said, be careful. That's, that's a problem. He said it two weeks ago, and he was right. Now, what are they telling you now? No, look, he nailed it, and we nailed it when you and I spoke. said, hey, if they're saying it's it's nothing structural and he's still not in, that means there's something. So it's, it's, it's a bad be... bone problem, and it's hard to get to. That's the problem. Yeah, and it's incredibly painful is what I'm told. Yeah, it that. is. He's Very been... painful. So it's going to be Keenum, and if you're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go against Keenum. Keenum had a career high. No, it was good last, last week. week. It was good last week. He could it's have a... very easily been yeah. the NFC Offensive Player of the Week and was on fire in They've got the number two and three receivers in the league right now by yep. yards with Thielen and Diggs. Yep. Who, and, you know, Cook is, and Cook's playing great. So yeah, that, and, and the defense is good. So they got everything going. And the Lions could be 3-0. and oh. I mean, let's be honest. The, ball, the ball's right. I actually thought they had – I actually uh, flipped off the game thinking they won and didn't realize until about 20 minutes later that they had lost the game. I, hadn't, I, I didn't notice it right away because I went to the other games that were closing at the same time, figured they had won, saw them score to play, and didn't realize that they had called it back till about 20 minutes later. So uh, that was a heck of a fortunate game for the Falcons. And uh, the – Lions come up just short, and this now becomes a very big game as to who's the other team with Green Bay in the division. Well, that's the thing. You go from being a potential 3-0 and team to if they lose this one, they're suddenly 2-2. Two and two. So the Lions last year swept the Vikings in the yeah. Thanksgiving. On two games, they, Vikings should have won both of them. Vikings should have had both those games. And, and the Dallas game the also. So those are games they, they should have won every one of those games last year. Yeah, and you're talking to the Vikings. They know that. And Keenum last year was, was dominating the Lions. He had 19 straight completions of the Ram, and they lost to the Lions. So I'll be talking to the Lions guys tomorrow, but I'll just tell you this. And, you know, we can go on and on about you know, Bradford, Keenum. They like Keenum. He doesn't mess up. He doesn't screw up. They've got a really good run game. They've got a good defense, and they're at home. The Vikings believe they should win this game. And, you know, the Vikings' next two games after this are Bears and Packers. So, if the Vikings can beat the Lions, take care of the Bears, and you get that game with the Packers, this could be the team we're talking about come into October. That this is a team that you want to be scared of because the running back, Mike, you nailed it in April when we were talking about the draft. This running well, back. Well, this is was incredible. my guy. This guy's been my guy for two years. So listen, I was going to either be very right or very wrong because I said he was the best back in the draft. Uh, and a lot of people now say they knew that. I mean, I don't know where they were on draft day. Uh, if the whole league knew how good he was going to be, why did he go on a second round? I mean, so uh, he really had not done anything that stood out that at least it was only rumors about this guy. He hadn't gotten in any serious trouble himself. So, I mean, why did this guy 
really fall that far is still kind of a mystery. No, and I spoke with Rick Spielman, who's the general manager of the Vikings, and you know he said they were trying to consider how to get up in the first round when they saw him slip. And you know the Buccaneers had the 19th pick; they took the tight end out of Alabama, OJ Howard. But I spoke with Dirk Cutter last week, the coach of the Buccaneers, and he said, "Oh, you better believe we tried trading up in the second round; we just couldn't move up to get him." So now everyone's got a story of how they were trying to get yep. Dalvin Cook. But yep. guess what? Dalvin Cook fell to 41. 41 players. The, I mean, that's that's unbelievable that he fell that far. The Vikings far. are the recipients of it. He's been unbelievable. He catches out of the backfield and. I talked to the veterans. Like, I, look, Latavius Murray is the veteran running back there. He's like, this guy is an unbelievable teammate. He's in at 6 a.m. every day. So I don't know whatever baggage everyone wanted to, pr- to project onto this kid. A lot of that is a Florida State thing. People want to just believe what they want to believe. Nothing of the sort since he's been in Minnesota. He's been all-class, all-pro. No, the guy's done a great job, and so is the team. All right. Um, interesting week in a lot of places. Giants, Bucks, very big game. I mean, critical for the Giants. Um we spent all week on the Giants. You don't, but what are you, what, what are you hearing about the Giants right now? Because the Giants got a lot of stuff going on internally. What are you hearing about the Giants? Just, just how out of character it was for the ownership to be talking during the season about football matters publicly. You know, like, that was the one. You got the email to Mike Vaccaro from the New York Post, and he immediately writes and pens a column with it, word for word, from John Mara. And I know, you know, John Mara and Wellington Mara, they don't usually talk about football matters mid-season. They usually wait until the end of the season. They'll have their press conference, the owners' meetings. Um, but that, I thought, was out of character. And then the Beckham stuff, I feel like his story changed a few times during the week, too. At some point, though, Odell Beckham, everyone said, okay, it's just a matter of time until he gets his new contract. At some point, if you're 0-4, and, you know, what, what, what are we signing a new contract? Can we at least figure out what is the future for Odell Well, this Beckham is an issue, and plus, this is a tough spot for the coach, too. Not only because of the way the team's playing, but when you don't address something or think it's important enough, and then the owner, because of the outcry, has to come out and address it. And I know John did not, I've known John forever. I know John didn't want to come out and do that, but he knew, I mean, I'm telling you, before John did that, he got so many letters and so many phone calls because what moves him are his customers. I know how it works with them. And when they hear from their fan base, when they hear from their season ticket holders, that's when they act. Um, I know how they work. They're like, a gro- they're like an old grocery store. Okay, They're like an old mom and pop shop. That's how they work. They react to the customers. And I guarantee you they got a lot of calls and a lot of complaints about that action. And he reacted to it. And the coach continues to let, just act like Beckham does nothing wrong. And it's now going to fall on him. And when he has to come back later in the week and say, Oh, now I have a plan. Well, now you have a plan. Okay, so, so you know, where, where, where's the plan been? So now, now he's got a plan in case anything happens. This is an issue. And now well, discipline it, is an issue big time on that team. And now they're up against the, the wall. They have to win this week. It's a must win. And, and what Beckham said in the immediate aftermath was so head-scratching. I mean, I, look, Odell he doesn't get it. He doesn't get he's it. all over the place. You're not talking to a person that, that thinks about it like you and me and rationally and understands what I look like. His, his second explanation, I'm not going to get into what he was right, saying, but right. his first explanation was that I give my team a spark, it gave the team a spark, and I do what I do. And it's like, what are you talking about? Come on. Right, like, plus, you, I mean, a guy making a comment, I don't care if my team kicks off from the five. I mean, wait a second. This is a team sport. What do you mean you don't care if your team kicks off from the five? So, I mean, they have so many issues right now. It'll be interesting to see. Now, I don't know where Tampa is. 
They're hard to figure. I'm, I was I'm not. Week, I'm, they, I, they're they very talented. They're very talented, but they're not. I don't think they're all there. I, I just don't. I don't like what I. I just don't think all the pieces fit right now. So I, I don't right, know so if they're ready to win. You know. Last week I did their game. Their defense was one of the worst defensive efforts I've ever seen uh, in person. And what, what the problem is, Quan Alexander, their best linebacker, is out with a hamstring, and Levante David, their best other linebacker, is out with an ankle. Gerald McCoy's battling an ankle injury. Brent Grimes mysteriously missed the game. And they had the flu. So I saw the worst of the worst of the worst of the Buccaneers. That said, a lot of those guys are not going to be on the field Sunday. What's that tell me? I don't care if the Giants are home, away, whatever. That Tampa, I know about 40 people from New York who are flying down to that one. And it's not that I have all these Giant fan friends. I just know it's going to be a Giants home game as far as what the crowd is made of. It's going to be a lot of Giant fans there. No excuse at all. Not to beat the Buccaneers Sunday in Tampa. Well, they, they if have they don't, to. Yeah. And if they don't, you know the, you know the numbers. Oh, One listen. Team yeah, it's not happening. 1990 has done it after 0 and 4. Plus, their schedule's brutal. I mean, they, brutal. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not going to happen. Now, you've been on the Redskins and you picked them as your underdog last week, which was a very good pick. They. Uh, now they have another big one. I don't think they're going to win in Kansas City, but I have to admit, you know, everyone wants to discount the Redskins all the time that they're not making strides, and then they look pretty good as a team. So, I mean, they they smacked the Raiders around. I mean, the Raiders walked in there like like they were going to just walk in, name the score, win it 42-28, and go home, get on the bus, and they got their rear ends kicked in that game. Yeah, I mean, the Redskins had more than 350 more yards of offense than the Raiders, and the thing is with the Raiders, they were doing dancing on the sidelines, everyone, you know, Derek Carr's doing video, fake music videos, everyone's laughing and yucking it up. Redskins team is made up of a lot of like gritty, angry people. Like I, you know, I, I'm talking about Greg Minuski, the defensive coordinator, and Jim Tom Sewell, defensive line coach, and Ryan Kerrigan. These aren't guys who are you know dancing types, and they saw all that. And there's a guy, DJ Swearinger, in the backfield who's a safety, and he's the one who leveled Marshawn Lynch on that hit. He's a first year Redskin. He's already the defensive captain. He's one of these guys that just is like a, a throwback to Chuck Cecil or Steve Atwater. He's a scud missile out there. They don't get intimidated by much, and I saw them do it against the Rams. They absolutely knocked around Jared Goff. So them, can they go into Arrowhead and beat an undefeated Chiefs team on Monday night? I'm not going to pick the Redskins straight up, but I will say this. In the NFC East, in the big picture, they're not an easy out, and I could see them going into Dallas and winning. I could see them going into the Giants and winning. And though they lost to the Eagles week one, I think they might still be the team to beat in the NFC East. You know, just like we talked about the Lions and the Vikings, there's another one of those same games, and that is the uh, Raiders and and the Broncos. Now, I don't know if anybody, like like I said, I would have picked against the the Broncos last week in a lot of spots. I just don't like the Bills, so I wouldn't, I would ignore the game because I didn't know if the Bills were good enough to beat them or not, but I knew it was going to be a very tough spot coming off that Dallas game for them to go travel and win. Uh, now this game, both teams coming off losses. This game in Denver, very interesting game. Very, this game will have a lot to say about that division. It really will. There's a critical, couple of critical games at times where you, you want to see where teams are. I want to see where these two teams are right now. I want to see how that gets. That's a fascinating. I don't know who's going to win that game. I'll be the first to tell you. But that game's going to be a fascinating game. I'd stay away from that game altogether because we've seen two different Raiders teams this season and we've seen two different Broncos teams this season. And last year, if you remember, Akib Tlaib and Michael Crabtree got into it and Tlaib literally took the gold chain off Crabtree's neck and ripped it off his neck. These two teams do not like each other. And I know that the receiving group of the Raiders, Crabtree and Amari Cooper, who everyone was talking about as the best duo in the league, 
were really embarrassed with their performance last Sunday night against the Redskins. They did nothing. They had one catch between the two of them. And now they're going up against Chris Harris and Akeem Tlaib. To me, this is the Raiders' like litmus test. We we did we, we might as well crown them Super Bowl champions. The most the hype they got in the preseason with Marshawn Lynch coming back. Marshawn Lynch's yardage total has gone down every single week. And this quarterback, I'm not sure he can win a big road game. We haven't seen it yet. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see it. Uh, that 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 game's going to be uh, like I said. You're going to learn a lot. About them because I think Kansas City is going to win again. I think, like I said, it could be a close game, but I think Kansas City will find a way to win again. They have too many weapons for, and they're tough at home, as we know. But yeah. I think that game is fascinating. And then you have the Steelers and the Ravens, both coming off bad losses. And the Raven losses. loss, I didn't watch that game uh, Sunday morning. I went out and played golf. When I looked at the game, it was forty-four nothing. Uh, but I don't know exactly what happened in that game. I didn't pay enough attention to it, but. And sometimes you ignore scores, but that's an alarming score to have a team like Jacksonville beat you like that. I mean, that's a bad loss for the Ravens. Now they get the Steelers in in Baltimore, uh, where you know the Ravens have to win this part of this one now, and they got the Steelers coming off a loss. So that's another fascinating game. Yeah, you know, and you and I don't talk much about the extracurricular, like the, right. this national anthem thing with the Ravens. You had Ray Lewis out there before the game; they were all occupied with that. And then you had the Pittsburgh Steelers who didn't come out, and you had that whole thing. And this week you had Roethlisberger do a press conference about it with the Villanueva next year. It seems like there was a lot going on with both these teams with things that were not football. So I imagine this week their coaches are stressing football, football, football. And with this rivalry, you know what you're going to get. The Ravens usually respond to those kind of efforts when they get blown out. Usually Harbaugh gets them to get back up. I think the game is in Baltimore, so I like Baltimore in this one. Uh, but both teams had horrendous efforts last week. Horrendous. I mean, that Jaguars game was one of the worst Ravens games you ever see. And then for the Steelers to lose to the Bears, to a Bears team that had one catch from the wide receivers group and just got the ball run down their throats, that was very uncharacteristic, too. I would take Baltimore on this one. I think both teams are really embarrassed with how they played last week. Interesting. All right, this week's, uh, if done well, we upset so far. What's this week's uh, upset? You know, I, I'm going to say one that I'm going to probably be laughed at Go in a ahead. lot of rooms, but I took the Niners against Seattle. We were right. Last week, I took the, Chief, the Redskins over the Raiders. You did? You I, did. Like, I like the Rams to give the Cowboys a game on Sunday. I really do. I think the Rams' offense is not a gimmick, and they have had 10 days to prepare. While the Cowboys played on Monday night on the road in Arizona, they only have five days to prepare. So I look at the preparation of No McVay. Can the Rams handle the... Cowboy running game. I think they can. I think That's Aaron the whole Donald's game. That's the game in a nutshell. That is the game in a nutshell. If they can't, this game will be 35-20 or 35-17. They've got to slow down first down for the, for the Cowboys. I haven't been that impressed with the Cowboys run game this year. I feel like they lost Ron Leary and Doug Free, and everyone just assumes it's the same team. Ezekiel Elliott carried the ball 24 times and only had 70-something yards last year. That, the, the Cowboys' offense, which was so good last year with Linehan calling the plays, and I just haven't seen it yet for me to be so scared about Interesting. that. All right. Well, could, that, that's going to be the acid test. for The Rams have won two games they should have won. They beat the Colts. They beat two bad teams. And they, they beat, beat the, the Niners. And, the and, Niners. and then they, they lost to the Redskins, who look pretty good. So this is the acid test for them 
to, for competitiveness right now. And and they also didn't want the Rams come out and say they were going to win outright. Didn't, some, didn't somebody on the Rams predict the victory? He said yeah. he was going to whoop the, the Cowboys. No, gotcha. I don't know about that. All right, so you got that, too, to throw into the mix. All right, so that's an interesting one. All right, very, very good. We'll see how that works out. Also, you guys are going to be in, and I'm not dragging you into this because you're a Fox employee, but yeah. Fox not not airing the national anthem is going to be a big story in all those cities. That they're I not. So. I think it's going to be a very big story. I think you guys it's are going to be right into the deal, middle of it. Well, now, now it's a political statement, but, I mean, listen, they can make it. I want to see what the NFL's reaction is to it. I haven't heard anything yet. And now I know there was a quote from our president, Eric Schenk, I can't speak to it, and I haven't even had our production meeting right. yet. I'm not sure what the final word is on Sunday. Well, supposedly we got a report that none of the <clears throat> Fox is not airing any of the national anthems this week. Yeah, uh, it's I'm not trying to drag you into it. You're an employee. I don't no, want to get you in hot water. I'm not trying to drag you into it. I'm on the sidelines, though. So last right. week my assignment was keep an eye open for who's doing it. And I was like, Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans are on their knees. Like, I, it's an interesting deal. It's a, it's, a, it's a spectrum I never thought I'd be reporting on, but that's the nature of the job, and that's just what is the conversation. All right, thanks. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks very much. Peter Schrager, that's Mike. it. Thank you. I don't want to – listen, he's a young guy in the business. I don't want to drag him and then get him in any hot water with Fox. I'll take the heat for this. Let's see how Fox – and this is a political statement Fox is making. They have a right to make it. They paid a lot of money for the games. But what's the NFL reaction? What is the reaction to the fact that Fox will not air the national anthems this week? So that is what we are being told right now, that they will not, as a network, and their games, the Fox games, will not air the national anthem. Back after this.